Hello and welcome back to the Underground Magnolia Podcast, conscious entertainment for your soul. With me, the one and only Desiree Avalto in the whole wide world. You are listening to the sounds of Jazz Addict's intro by Cosimo Fogg. While another weekend went by without Insecure Season 4, and to help us decompress what went on in this season, I decided to talk to my millennial daughter Simone and her two friends. Simone, along with Amanda, her bestie, and Daniel, a trusted colleague and pal, will break down the way-too-short low-key season returning after a very long two-year break. Simone, Amanda, and Daniel rep the best and brightest in today's Black and Latino young people. The college grads living in Los Angeles and the Seattle area work in tech and media. Simone, again my daughter, stands for the conscious Black woman. Her girl Amanda is a Latina who loves the show, and Daniel will bring us the Black Mill perspective. Without further ado, let's get to part one of the conversation. All right, you guys. So thank you for being here. Let's get right to it. Now, season four of Insecure was put off for a couple of years because Issa Rae, the star and creator of the show, was off doing other projects. How excited were you when it finally came back on, Daniel? Um, it's pretty excited. Uh, season three left off on an interesting note. I think with uh, I think Nathan had disappeared, and then you kind of started to see the cracks between I think Molly and Issa a little bit. So it was like it'd be fun to explore this season, and it certainly was. All right, and what about you, Amanda? I was really excited. I think it's um, something that I share um, with my best friends, so I was definitely excited and looking forward to. Um, new topic of conversation, and I didn't know what to expect, but it turned out to be um, better than what I was expecting. So I was definitely happy to um, watch and finish the season. And Simone? Yeah, I was excited because I was curious to see where they were going to take it from there. You know, a lot of other media usually is centered around some sort of specific event or something or some sort of specific investigation. But I think what sets Insecure apart is that it's more like day-to-day life of certain things. And so I was wondering when they were finally going to turn that into Issa and Molly's relationship and really get deeper into that. So I was excited to see that they were going to explore that this season. All right, cool. So I want each of you to tell me in 30 seconds, what were your overall impressions of season four of Insecure? Daniel? Okay. Um, thought it was pretty good. It was nice to see. I think Issa started to get things together. Um, started to learn a little bit more about Molly, kind of getting into the more negative aspects of her personality, at least. <laughs> I think it's hard to explore different topics. You know, uh, postpartum okay. depression was in there. I think that interracial relationship was also a good one to explore in that episode or two. So yeah, I think overall, they touched a lot, of, a lot of good things and still kind of kept the show light, you know, still funny, but, you know, to the point. All right, Amanda? I 
I thought it was um, great. It definitely changed, like the tone changed in season four. Um, it wasn't as like, you know, look at this and look over here, like kind of surprise situations where you're, you're just kind of taking on this roller coaster ride. I think we're left sitting in a lot more moments of insecurity and awkwardness and feeling kind of just like what's next and um, what's open for the future. So I think it's a lot of like feeling exactly what the characters are feeling. So that's interesting because I felt like up until now they were almost being used as like pieces and this very complicated game of love and being in Los Angeles and being single and whatever that means. So um, I think it's starting to gain more meaning as we discover like Ethan, Molly and this rift that's appeared. And so I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, the turn that it's taken. All right. I'm conflicted because I like the turn we're taking. Like I agree with Daniel and Amanda in terms of what it explored, but I also feel like it didn't go far enough. Um, and I felt like the it it could have gone deeper, and they could have pushed more. Um, and I felt like some of the things in there, like her friend, you know, running away, and like that subplot about her becoming a new mom, like that didn't get you know enough attention, you know, and that and the way that that was treated as a way to lead to the revelation of Molly and Issa coming back together, you know. So there were certain things that I felt like didn't go far enough and I felt like even the finale didn't really feel like a finale almost I was like oh it feels like there should be another episode after this um so I felt like a lot of the episodes were more exposition heavy um and I was wanting more impact out of the whole overall season all right now yeah one thing this episode really for the most part, concentrated on Issa and and Molly, and a lot has been made about their strained relationship. Of course, Molly is played by Yvonne Orji. Um, now, many people were up in arms about Molly's treatment of Issa um, and pretty much laying the blame on Molly, from what I could tell from Black Twitter and 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 other Twitters. What are your thoughts on on their whole uh, relationship, uh, the whole relationship between Issa and uh, Molly? Daniel? Okay. Uh, it's definitely Molly's fault. I don't think there should be a debate on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Molly's um, fault? Yeah, it's all Molly's fault, all of it. I found it interesting that I think the uh, – not even the first episode of this season, I think the very thing that kind of caused the risk was I think something Molly kind of, you know, said the opposite of. She pretty much said that, yeah, I date this person. If you need help with this block party, yes, we can use this person. That's my that's right. my man. That's your friend, you know, that kind of thing, right? And then all of a sudden, I think as Issa's, you know, trying to figure it all out, and, like, I think Molly's maybe trying to, like, have, like, a real relationship since all of the other ones have had, you know, there's certain flaws. I think she kind of, you know, somehow put Issa to the side or something or I don't know whether it was a struggle to kind of maintain the friendship while trying to you know not do anything to mess up the relationship he's trying to build 
So that was interesting. I didn't quite understand like all of her thinking there. And then I think just as the episodes went further on to the end, I think like Molly kept, you know, doing the wrong thing when Issa was, Issa I think felt that she might've been wrong, but was also trying to put the olive branch out first. I honestly Mm. feel like with Molly, even though they didn't, because like this is what I felt like the season was missing. The season was still missing like why Molly did what she did. Like we didn't get deep enough. You know, we had like her session with her therapist a little bit, you know, like the fact that she has issues letting go and it's, you know, related to the issues between her mom and her dad. But it's like, for me, I feel like something that was unexplored is the fact that Molly underestimates Issa. And I felt like part of it was she didn't want her love life to get wrapped up into another one of Issa's schemes, you know? And so I felt like that was part of it and so they kind of hinted at it at the block party where she was like her boyfriend was commenting was like oh look how dope this is and she was like yeah I guess it is like she just like wrote her off to your point she kind of put Issa to the side and didn't realize that Issa actually had changed you know it wasn't allowing her it was kind of holding Issa hostage to the old version of her that she had in her head and I felt like that was part of why she was so mad because she couldn't see that Issa wasn't using her for no gain or anything like that. Like it was a legitimate, easy thing that really helped her um, in her plan. And I think like Molly's own blindness can see that. After this short music break, I'll be back with my millennial daughter and friends discussing what went down in season four of the long awaited Insecure. Sometimes when you have friendships, it's like there's usually, you know, they're they're defined, especially in media sometimes. You have the friend who has it all together, and then you have the friend who doesn't have, have it all together. And in this instance, that's kind of how Molly and Issa play out. But now that Issa is starting to get her life together, so to speak, Molly is kind of like, do, do you think Molly is like, well, maybe she really doesn't need me after all because Molly wants to be the one to always correct her and 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 tell her you you know you need to do this or 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 that. How do you feel? How do you guys feel about that? Anybody? Take um, it? I, oh yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel like there's some unfairness coming um, Molly's way. Like Simone mentioned, I think. Um, there have been problems from season one to season three, and then finally it kind of like culminated here in season four, and they were already sort of at each other's throats in the beginning. And but it felt like it was never explained, you know, why she's acting the way she is. And I'm not sure if it's so much like she wants to be um, a controlling force as much as. I'm not sure. It just seems like there's something in Molly that is not able to understand her friend's new path or or get on the same page. And I think that's kind of why, like, she throws up her arms and is like, we're no longer compatible, but um, doesn't really, like, take the time to see or analyze, like, why she's feeling the way she does. But I didn't really get, like, control. I'm not sure what I got, but I definitely felt like she felt just, like she was in this whirlwind of like between losing her friend and also like 
forming this new relationship that she wanted to protect at all costs from chaos or any mishaps that, you know, are typical to Issa sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, you wanted to add something? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with, I think, what Amanda said. Yeah, that wasn't really much, I think, to explore on why Molly kind of started acting in this way. I mean, maybe it is that complex of, you know, this person's always messing up and I'm always supposed to be, you know, the savior or the one to help fix things. And now that, you know, Issa is trying to move in the right direction, maybe that she's not seeing her place there anymore. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, and as the older person, um, you know, looking at the show, and I'm a writer, and Amanda's a writer, Amanda, Amanda, who's who's on the phone, that is, and um, <laughs> with us, and I was, I just kind of felt that there wasn't enough development of the characters, like like you guys have been saying, and that it just for me, it just came from out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> where did you know, yeah. where did, yeah. where did this, where did this come from, you know? Um, yeah. So I just felt okay. It just came out of left field for me. Yeah. But maybe that's what millennials yeah. do. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I know they're trying to draw some through lines. Like she holds on so tightly that she loses the thing that she was holding on so tightly to. So like they had their end goal in mind of what they wanted to happen, but they didn't really plant I feel like enough of the seeds in order for it to organically like come together in that way and I think that's why it's funny to me that Issa was surprised that Molly was getting so much like hate because she was like oh like I don't understand why everyone's come from Molly like everything's not Molly's fault like watch the show like it's nuanced but it's like the nuance really isn't there like if you watch the show for what it is and not maybe for like the intentions that were behind the scenes like a lot of it really is coming from Molly having an issue with what Daniel said, having an issue with something that Issa listened to her for. Issa's like, okay, I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm not going to compromise you. I'm just going to go about my business. Um, And so the fact that every time Issa is reaching out for, to do the olive branch and then Molly rejects the olive branch, but then Molly only recognizes the fact that Issa doesn't try to pick up the olive branch again. Like when Molly was like, I don't think we're compatible anymore. She's mad that Issa walks away and doesn't try to fight for saying they're compatible when Molly's the one who suggested it. And Issa was the one who invited her to try to reconcile. So, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. To Amanda's point, there was tension, you know, building up through one, two, three, but it's still, you know, jarring to see it play out this way. After this short music break, I'll be back with my millennial daughter and friends discussing what went down in season four of the long-awaited Insecure. So back to season four, though, I was a little disappointed that the other two friends, Tiffany and Kelly, played by Amanda Seale and and, uh, Natasha Rothwell, respectively, they were hardly in the season. I mean, they they weren't really brought into the conversation or much of the season at all. They They weren't into the whole thing with the friendship, which I thought this is a perfect opportunity to get them in there since it's the four of them. 
And then, and then when they did insert those two, it was like an afterthought. Would it, were you guys disappointed in how Tiffany and Kelly were weaved into season four? I mean, I think with Tiffany having a child, like a, a newborn child, I think naturally she's probably to spend less time with her friends. So I think it could be excused maybe in that sense. But yeah, Kelly, I don't really know. I feel like Kelly is a a staple of the show. I think people need to see more of this for just for the comedic relief. And then I think she does kind of bring a different perspective too with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was just um yeah, I was just disappointed and, 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 and I mean and the whole thing with uh Tiffany being pregnant, you know, this is the time when yes, you spend less time with your friends. This is when you spend less time with your friends, but this is also when you need your friends. So the calling on the phone thing, because there's always in the show, they've got, you know, they always show when somebody's calling. I mean, they didn't even do that. It's like they're not even there. Simone, what's your take on this? Well, I mean, they have them calling, I think, right after the thing of the block party happened. But my take is that I just feel like they they don't know what to do with them. I think they cast these really – strong personalities and they don't know what to do because the Issa Molly relationship is central to the show and I feel like they don't want to sacrifice that and have them get close to other people um, but at the same time it's going to do something with them in the show so that's why I'm like I like I feel like they've never really developed their characters that much you know like Natasha is just a woman who flirts with everybody you know and then you have the other woman who she goes from the you know snooty person to now she's pregnant with problems you know so it's like it's very a or b um and i just feel like after the after the block party thing in general i just feel like they didn't know where they wanted to take it and kind of tried to do like a little bit here and a little bit there to maybe set themselves up for next season and give them options for next season for what they want to do. And maybe they'll develop their storylines more next season, you know, but that's made, that's kind of what the season felt like in many ways. It felt like it was, they were setting stuff up, but they didn't, they didn't place a lot of things definitively. And I think that's what we're picking up on. And Amanda, what about your perspective? Mm -hmm. Um, Since you are, since you are a writer, you're in, you're in this space yourself. What, what did you think about this whole development of leaving the friends in into those? Uh, yeah, I I absolutely like agree with what's being said. I um, it's funny because I actually thought that when I I watched the finale before I watched the second to last episode, so I didn't watch the episode before, and I went back and watched it after the finale. Um, but as, when I was watching the finale, I, I didn't really have a lot of trouble figuring out what was going on. And um, right when the whole Tiffany thing, I, you know, I could put the pieces together, even though I hadn't been informed by the previous episode. So I, I feel like that's kind of like a no-no in, um, you know, when you're when you're writing anything, you you you, you want it to be um, pretty tight in that sense that everything should be there for a reason and everything contributes to, you know, what's going to go on in the next episode. So I think the fact that I was able to follow it and pretty much think of the pieces as they went um, so quickly speaks to just how much they were kind of set in there as like prop pieces more so than developed as characters. Um, 
in in the season and and in the within the main plot line. Um, so yeah, I, I felt like Kelly was definitely there for comedic relief and um, Amanda's character, like. Simone said, I think they just kind of said, you know, we're not sure what to do here. And um, so, yeah, I, I feel like they definitely should, in the next season, consider what they're going to do with those characters or even if they want to bring back those characters at all. Well, that's it for part one of the Insecure Season 4 wrap-up with my millennial daughter and her two friends, Amanda and Daniel. Join me next time for part two when the three repping a young black woman, a Latina, and the black male perspective continue dissecting season four and hear about their hopes for the next season. I'll also give you my take on all of the drama from an older black mom's viewpoint and my encounter with the celebrity segment. I will tell you about Yvonne Orji, who of course plays Molly on Insecure. I worked with her 10 years ago on her first comedy show on TV. And obviously, that was not HBO. Hmm, what could I possibly be talking about? All right, again, thank you for listening to my Underground Magnolia podcast with me, Desiree Valto, the one and only Desiree Valto in the whole wide world. Go to my website for more information at undergroundmagnolia.com. Shoot me an email at contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. My opening and closing music is Jazz Addict's intro by Cosimo Fogg. Find it at soundcloud.com slash cosimo-fogg. That's soundcloud.com slash cosimo-fogg with two Gs. And the other music was Check the Glove Box by Otis Galloway. Because this link is way too long, you can find him on Spotify by putting in that exact song, Check the Glove Box by Otis Galloway. Or you can find him on my website if you go to the show notes and his information and link will be there. Alrighty, till next time, this is Desiree Valto for Underground Magnolia Podcast. Talk to you next time. Bye.